Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm Skylar. Recently, we decided to start watching Bob's Burgers to see what it was all about. And it didn't take us long to become completely obsessed with the show. But one of the things we love the most about the show is the brilliant end credit sequences. Which is why we created this podcast. Each week, we're going episode by episode to talk about the elaborate end credits. We're excited to have you join us right here on Bob's Credits. We'll make sure the Bob's Burgers end credits get the credit they're due. All right! Something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the chip chip Wait, did... Did we hear that song in Karen Peary last I night? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, don't, I, don't I feel like that song's had its run and being used in television and movies. Fabulous song. Thank you. I've got to say, Max. Yes, Skylar. I... I'm alive this morning. Okay. Uh-oh. Normally we record when I'm hitting my first afternoon slump. Yeah. But it is nine o'clock-ish. I've had my morning coffee. I'm a morning person. Let's You're ready do to go. This. Okay. Well then you won't mind me saying uh this is Max and over there is my wife, Skylar. <laughs> this is the one time it's okay to say it. It's appropriate. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But before we get into all things Borat, we have a few Patreon subscribers to thank, and we have to burger pun their names. Super fun. First up, we have to thank Emma Berkey. Emma, moving forward, you will be known as the M. Mozzarella Turkey Burger. Yum. Emma, I want to thank you for having the most uh, punnable name, rhymable, specific <laughs> last name on the planet. Thank you. Joining you is Wendy Dunn. And moving forward, Wendy Dunn, you will be known as the Wendy Glaze Dunkin' Donuts TM Burger. <laughs> TM. <laughs> I feel like there was a trend, like in 2017, there was like a food trend. Everything was on donuts. Like chicken sandwiches, put it on a donut. I'm okay with that. I, I've never had like a savory donut burger. I feel like my stomach would hurt, but I'd really enjoy it. It's probably delicious. I don't think I've had one either where it's like the donuts or the buns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Welcome, Wendy and Emma. We're so happy to have you. We're beyond excited. We hope you're enjoying all 
all the things over on Patreon, all of those bonus episodes. There are so many. And I know you're both in the Discord, and I hope you're enjoying the hell out of it because our Discord community is the best Discord community. And uh, if you'd like to have your name, Burger Pun, here on the show, patreon.com slash Bob's Credits. You get all that other good stuff with it. We just posted our first mailbag episode. Lots of fun answers about Bob's Burgers and about us and about this podcast. So this week, Skylar has done the fun facts for the show, for the episode. So I am on Skylar's sides. But should we start with Bob Hunter Max Pun and then get into the sides? Or Let's do since it. I'm, I'm doing it all? I want to, yeah. Okay. I want to do some puns. We are going back to the OG, the original Bob Hunter Max Pun Burgers. Love it. Are you ready for your first pun, Skyler? I sure am. The emergency exit burger. Bob's. Yes. Your next pun is too good to be blue burger. These generic ones really trip me up. Max. Yes. <sighs> Pressure's on. Your next pun is... The smile like you poutine it burger. Max. Yes. And your final pun is the pressure is on. Smells like bean spirit burger. Max. Oh, no. No, I was going to say it. No, it's Bob. That sounds like a horrible burger. A lot of them do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Wow, I thought you were going to do it this this week. I did too. I like I'm not trying to like defend myself, but I really was going to do Bob's, but I was like that sounds like such a bad burger. I'm going to go Max. Ouch. But I get it. It is time. It's so weird to segue when I'm doing everything over here, but I can do a segue for you. I don't even need you on the microphone. I'm just going to talk to myself here. Hey Max, are you ready for Skylar's sides? Dish it, girl. It is time for <laughs> Skylar's Sides, the fun facts before the fun facts, a.k.a. Max's Minute. Dish it, girl. This little bit of info I have for you is end credits related Ooh. and comes from a 2015 Vice article titled Happy Crappy, the step-by-step -step guide to writing the music on Bob's Burgers. Oh, my gosh. I'm, at, I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay, so this is a quote directly from the article. Okay. The Bob's Burgers songwriting process varies based on where the track is supposed to end up. As Bouchard puts it, there are a couple of models that have organically evolved. For example, Lauren Bouchard and Nora Smith will often write a song to fill out the end credits, for what Bouchard calls the Bollywood effect. If you leave them dancing, if you leave a little snappy number at the end of the episode, it has a powerful almost effect. It tricks you into liking the show more than you might have otherwise. <laughs> That's so true. That's... I mean, I love the freaking show so much, but it's true. Give some, give them some endorphins. Yeah. At the end of that, that's what we loved about this show. That's why mm -hmm. we started a freaking podcast. You've, you've tricked us. You've brainwashed us. Do we need to have the Bollywood effect at the end of our podcast? Yeah, maybe we do. No one wants to hear us sing. Maybe not. That's that's the opposite effect. I sing at the beginning of every episode. Oh, Skylar's <laughs> making a face. So that's interesting, and we've been tricked. 
So is he saying that's how the songwriting started? Yeah, they said a lot of the times it's like for the end credits, it's to give a little number, and sometimes that ends up in the in the show. Yeah, I'm sure it's like goes it's both ways. Like, yeah, the chicken and the egg. It's sometimes it can happen the other way, but I love this fun fact. It kind of shows how powerful the end credits are and how much thought was given to the end credits. Perfect it, for our podcast. Yeah, it's smart. Should we get into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Skylar, can we have the title and synopsis for Season 7, Episode 11, please? The title is A Few Gert Men. When Mr. Ambrose accuses Mr. Frond of stealing his yogurt, a crime of fruit passion, they take it to court. Classroom court, that is. Jean leading the prosecution and Louise the defense. Our girl is not thrilled about representing Mr. Frond. Meanwhile, Jimmy Pesto and Bob pair up to catch a hair-planting, meal-stealing celebrity impersonator. It all goes down at Mort's mom's birthday party. This episode came out on March 5th, 2017. It was written by John Schrader and directed by Tyree DeLay. I just want to point out, you're talking about my gulping, uh, that my drink this week has a lid. (laughs) Because if you listen to last week's episode... Uh, it was a disaster. It's your adult sippy cup. Yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like Linda would come up with that product and want to sell it. Adult sippy cup? Yeah. I think they exist. They do exist, but so did the... the. Um, it's like drinking wine out of a baby bottle. At some. There's actually a French restaurant. Oh, remember we were watching YouTube about that? My friend's been there, but there's this French restaurant that... It's like this fondue restaurant, and it gets so boisterous, and people are having so much fun that the owner was so annoyed with people spilling their glasses of wine that she was just like, you're getting baby bottles. So now all the wine is served in baby bottles. Oh, I thought they put the fondue cheese in the baby bottle, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> well, that was such a Jean moment. <laughs> anyway, but no, the the wine shoe is already a thing. Yeah. On the internet. Yeah. So I feel like Linda would do wine sippy cups for sure. Yeah, she just comes up with stuff that's already been invented. But let's talk about this episode. Okay. Thoughts about A Few Gert Men. Obviously, it's a play on A Few Good Men. So that has to do with like the trial. Yes. Are you having like a hard time relinquishing notes this week? Oh, sorry. This is a... <laughs> This is not, these aren't like like fun facts. This is like at the top of my head. I know. Okay. <laughs> One, the word girt freaks me out. Yeah. It's a, it's a gross word. It's a, I'm going to say it's grosser than moist. Like that joke's overused. Let's start making every joke about how gross the word girt is. Yeah. I don't know that it's a word. They used it for this title. I don't think people say girt. I've, I've got my girt, my cup of girt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, it's from it's like the '90s go-gurt thing. I just, bleh, ugh. Anyway, I loved this episode. I like that you're trying to do this with biscuit, like biting your your arm. <laughs> he is in a mood today. This is just being a dog mom. You it's just true. He woke up in a mood, yeah, and he has not gotten out of it. Keep trying to record while he's doing that. I'm telling you, I'm a dog mom. I can multitask. I. Love this episode. How do you feel about it? It's a good episode. <laughs> we can't we can't multitask. I actually read in a book, um, that book I read called You're Not Listening. It's about how our culture, like nobody listens to each other. What'd you Epi- say? <laughs> that, Dad oh. joke. 
Um, you actually cannot multitask. That's not actually something the brain... Like me specifically or people? Well, definitely you specifically. Yeah, I bring it to an extreme. Yeah, but it's not a thing. You actually cannot multitask. Like, look at your phone, watch a TV show, um, post on Instagram, try and listen to your spouse. Like, it's actually not a thing. That's true. <laughs> All right. How do you feel about this episode? It is such a, a good way to bring so many characters by having it like a trial mm-hmm. and people like witnesses called this. It's such a great way to bring so many different characters into the mix. Uh, and I love seeing all the school characters. You know, I love seeing like Miss Selbo again and Mr. Bronca and, and um, obviously I welcome any Mr. Ambrose appearance. He's just so petty and I love so dramatic and so dramatic. Yeah. I love any episode he's in. He really brought this episode to a new level. It's not that he's the focus, but his just like one lines and drama is so good. My favorite fact that we found out about him today <laughs> is that he uses the library computers <laughs> to write a prequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. I laughed out loud at that. Mrs. Doubtwater. Mrs. Doubtwater. <laughs> That's what I, I missed that. Yeah. It's because you're so busy laughing at that he's writing a prequel to Mrs. Doubtfire, and then they just toss out that it's called Mrs. Doubtwater. This episode is packed with jokes. This is also a fantastic Louise episode. It's really great seeing her paired up with Mr. Frond. After watching this episode, I started to realize how much I appreciate the, like, nemesis relationship they have. It's just really fantastic, and... I was kind of complaining on our Patreon that in season 12 and season 13, I think they go to Louise does the right thing and it's unexpected too much. It's become very expected that Louise eventually does the right thing. But in this episode, it works so well. She doesn't want to defend Mr. Fron. She's giving a half-ass attempt. And Linda making fun of her for wanting to help him is like, so fun. And this is also someone who's constantly getting her in trouble and making her kind of feel like a quote unquote bad kid. But she really digs in to find her talent and understands that actually the truth is important here. And she really rises. And I really, really loved that. Yeah. It's one of those episodes where you forget that she's a kid. What do you mean? Just Louise is so, like, smart, and she's such a good planner. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but she's... Yes, yes. She's... Schemer. Yeah. We say it all the time. You forget that she's a nine-year-old kid. This is one of those episodes I feel like where you forget that she's a nine-year-old kid. She's so smart in this. I love everything... Before she's even representing Mr. Frond, I love how stupid she thinks, like, representing the evil queen is. Yes! uh, Defense. Yes. And... Yeah, you just forget that she's a kid in this. Yeah, and then it's also just really satisfying to see what children are naturally good at. And the judge is right to see something very special in her. Like, no one else had asked for a mistrial before. And Louise is totally right. And I could really see Louise becoming an amazing lawyer. Yeah, but she's going to run the restaurant. Sorry. She's going to be the bear. Yeah. Oh, I see, like, the FX show. The FX show. She's going to be the Yes Chef. Yeah. When someone needs to draw Louise as that character. Oh, that would be so cool. Let's talk about the B story a little bit. Yes. 
So we've got this kind of scam artist likes to find hair in his food and not doesn't like to. Well, I guess likes to, to get free meals. How do you feel about that ethically? Look, as someone who was a server for many, many years and probably witnessed it happening a couple of times, there are people who who kind of have their it's – re- it's funny because they'll return to the scene of the crime and do it again. And you're like, mm. whoa, 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 whoa. This has happened to you? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, we'd have like a person here or there who would like come in regularly and would always find something wrong. And you'd be like, okay, well, twice we got it, but – now you're back and you're doing it again. Yeah. <gasps> the audacity. Yeah, people do it. But I could see just going to different places and doing it. And there's not much you can do as a restaurant. Typically, you kind of have to like count that in advance as there's going to be a loss. Some people are going to complain that they found hair in the food. You're not going to be able to be like, this isn't the chef's hair. This isn't the server's hair. This is your hair. You know? My face. I. It's one of those... Hair and food is is what's worse. Nails on a chalkboard, pulling hair out of your mouth because you accidentally eat it. Hair in my food, even when it's my own, like that's like cooked in. It Ew. it's the worst. I can't nails on a chalkboard. I could go all day. Let that play on a vinyl record Ew. in my house for twenty four hours if I have to. If it means I won't find hair in my food, because finding hair in my food. Like, even at home here, like, when I know it's one of ours, clearly, or biscuits, most likely biscuits, it just, the texture, the th- it, j- it makes me gag, and it ruins. I'm so nauseous right <laughs> now, and I think, like, I feel like everybody thinks we cook in really unsanitary conditions No, this, now. Is, not, this is not common. We're not, like, pulling out all of our hairs in our food. And, but it happens. It happens to everyone, and that's why it also, like, it happens in restaurants. Like, it's, it's gross, but it's going to happen because it's impossible to... St- prevent 100%. Yeah. Although to be fair, Linda not wearing her armpit her armpit hair covers was okay. truly disgusting now to me I'm in gagging. that episode. Now I'm gagging. I'm not even eating food. <laughs> should we move on? We should move on. <laughs> I'm so nauseous. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyway, scheming to get this scammer who also happens to be a celebrity impersonator who specializes in Borat impressions. <laughs> Is this you? You think I specialize in Borat impression just because I start saying, my wife? Yeah. <laughs> the talent level is... Oh, I have a little fun fact here for you. Oh, throw... Hit, hit... Okay, go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so the food scammer celeb impersonator is not named in the episode. But according to a Fox press release, his name is Herbie. Herbie. Okay. Do you feel like that's a good match? I do. He seems like a Herbie. Do you know who he's voiced by? I don't. Oh, see? Aren't you glad I looked up some stuff? I am. Voiced by David Herman, a.k.a. Mr. Frond. That's why he must be named Herbie. Herman? Oh. Herbie? I see. Okay. I was like, what? What, Mr. Frond? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, he was busy this week. Yeah, he, I mean, he typically is doing all sorts of voices. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. For someone who has to voice, not has to, gets to voice Mr. Fron all the time and then get to come and do Borat voices, like, that's fantastic. I know we've said this before, but, you know, sometimes people just click this and they don't necessarily know, but David Herman is probably best known for being Michael Bolton in Office Space. Yes. I as, always at least, forget that. At least as far as, like, on-screen performance, not voice acting. Yes. Anything else you want to say about that B story? I am in the camp. First of all, do 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 breaking news. If you don't follow us on our socials or, you know, the algorithm is stopping our content from getting to you, Lauren Bouchard has confirmed that Jimmy Pesto will return. Not Jay Johnston, but it has been confirmed that this character will be returning. I'm in the camp. Biscuit is passed out now. (laughs) I'm in the camp that if Jimmy Pester didn't return, I wouldn't be heartbroken. I know some people feel that way. I know some people feel the opposite way. But it's been confirmed he will be coming back. That being said, I liked seeing Bob and Jimmy pair up. He was tolerable in this episode. What about you? Yeah. Anytime they kind of have to come together, it's always interesting and fun you know there's like that i forgot which episode is what season is where you just kind of like come help take care of jimmy pesto who's on the couch we haven't gotten there yet and i'm really interested to see after all this jimmy pesto news how i'll feel about that episode yeah i think his if they want him back i think it's such a replaceable voice yeah you know it's not like it's like um john H. John Benjamin. He's got such a special voice. Oh, it's so distinct. You know. Um, Although, you know, all, over the years, they've replaced Kermit so many mm-hmm. times. And Kermit now sounds nothing like Kermit used to. It's so weird, but. I just think we want to see this show continue and continue. 
this is going to happen. This is a huge cast. Yeah. It, and people get really protective. And I thought people were way too harsh on the proper Mickey replacement. Like, oh, the one not the, the non Lauren Bouchard one. Exactly. Yeah. This is going to happen. They're going to find great matches. It's, it's just part of the entertainment industry. And I think we need way more grace for Bob's Burgers and the casting of it. They are dealing with a huge cast, very busy actors. Um, and that's one of the ways we're going to get the show to continue with our favorite characters. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox now. I still miss Bill Hader. Okay. Okay, but you can't replace Bill Hader. Yeah, that's the problem when they just do their own voice. <laughs> right, right, exactly. How do you feel about the Borat reference? Does it work for you, this iconic pop culture thing, so specifically dropping into the Bob's world? I think it did what it's supposed to do. This It, it was so by 2017 – this is a reference that like makes you roll your eyes, you know, like yes. Borat has long come and gone. Wait, pause. Yeah. This is a reference that makes you roll your eyes. So I am in the right whenever you say my wife. Let me finish. That it comes back around that when you reference it, it's like funny, but like ironically funny. Mm-hmm. So it ha- it's kind of like this um I'd say it's like a, a roller coaster with a bunch of loops. Mm-hmm. It's come so, back around seven times. Yeah, it keeps coming back around. Like it's it's funny to like <laughs> bring it back up. Well, right now it's convenient. It's funny because I I have a wife. All of a sudden, <laughs> I have a wife. All of a sudden, <laughs> but it also ruins saying my wife. Like we we've talked about this. I can't say my wife and not think of Borat. Give give I'm, it a year. Okay. I think it'll be fine. We're we're just getting used to it now. Okay. And I don't I, think it's funny anymore, by the way. <laughs> it's you just, just can't not I do just it. can't not say my wife has Borat. <laughs> also, we're in a new cycle because there's been a sequel to Borat that was actually fantastic. Yeah. So now watching this episode as the Borat world has continued. It's done 17 more loops. Yeah, I think it's fizzled out again, and it'll come back around. Okay. We'll we'll come back to it in two more years. Yeah, I think it's similar to, like, making, like, Shrek references online or stuff like that, you know? Is Shrek, like, a hugely referenced? Online, Shrek is, yeah. In your Twitterverse? Yeah, totally. Well, I don't like Twitter anymore, but online, yes. <laughs> so, let me bring it back to Bob's Burgers Borat. The music that is used for his Borat performance, that we will see in the end credits. They hired a band that's a nouveau folk band to compose the music for all the Borat scenes. Oh, so they had like a... It's an actual group that they brought in to do this. Yeah. They okay. got a Spotify. Okay. I looked them up. I did some Instagram stalking. What's their name? Uh, the Blasting Co. It used to be the Petrojevic Blasting Co. That's what their name was when they hired, when Bob's hired them. But I think they've since changed their name to just the Blasting Co. Okay. I just pulled it up here. The Blasting Company, Company, yeah, like you said, formerly known as the Petro. Petrojevic Blasting Company. Uh, they're based in LA. 
founded in 2008 by half-brothers Justin Rubenstein and J.R. Kaufman, and the group has since expanded to include five members. Yeah, there's a lot of instruments. It is... They composed the soundtrack for the Cartoon Network miniseries Over the Garden Wall. Oh, Over the Garden Wall. I feel like I've heard of it, but I I don't know what it is. Anyway, you can check them out. Their album art and their website and their logo is just like... I was very impressed. So I love, like you told us recently that for the hip hop episode, they hired this amazing music producer to come in and do all the, that music for that episode. So I love that they go out and outsource very stylized music to musicians outside of their world because they could totally just do a little composition within the production office, but they don't. I love that. So that's a little fun fact and end credits fact for you right there. Do you want to talk about the runner, which is Tina and Jimmy Jr.'s, air quotes, forbidden love story on the jury? Yeah, it's it's your, it's, it's your typical Tina, Jimmy Jr. storyline. Yes. A lot of the times it's like you have to uh, reset almost, from other episodes. Like, it's almost like they haven't had all these interactions at certain points, and it's like starting over again, the courtship of Tina with Jimmy Pesto. Well, talking about circles with Borat, this this is a cycle. They yeah. they have quite the cycle. I'm going to be honest, Tina has my heart. I'd be you, really annoyed. Wait, are you saying that all she wants is for him to call her my wife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, I was such like a goody two shoes in school. Like I really followed the rules. And if someone was talking to me that much, one, I would find it very annoying because I'd want to be paying attention. And I, I just would be so annoyed. And if we learn anything from TV and movies is that the person talking to you isn't the one that's going to get in trouble. It's you. Yeah. I like saying like, Shh, I'm it, trying to focus. it's so true. Uh, Miss Harrison. Do you want to share something with the class? It it wasn't me. (laughs) That actually did happen to me. I think I've told this story, but this girl was on her cell phone. We were not allowed to have cell phones in high school. This was a different era. And she like pushed her phone in my hand and the teacher came out. I got freaking detention. The only time I ever got detention. (laughs) Anyway, I also have to call out Jean. Tell me your feelings about Gene in this episode, and then I think we can move on to the end credits. I am here for Southern lawyer Gene any time of day. Hell yes. He pulls his lawyer from all the movies I grew up in, I feel like, with the early 90s with like like Matthew McConaughey and like A Time to Kill and those movies. It's just always these Southern lawyers. You introduced me to a film. There was a convertible in it. And a woman in it. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like a great movie so far. And there was... The lawyer was the... <laughs> but it was very Southern. Wait, what is this movie? I think they moved to New York City. Oh, that was... Uh, <laughs> that was um, The devil, a Devil's Advocate. Wasn't there a Southern voice in that? Yeah, it was, it was Keanu Reeves, who anytime Keanu has to do any kind of accent, it's like... We love you, Keanu. You're the best, but accents are not your thing. Yes. So he has to do a Southern accent. Yeah, he's a Southern lawyer who comes up to 
The big league. Yeah, the big city and yeah. Wait, don't you think that could have kind been like what they're kind of trying to parody with Gene? Definitely. That, that was in the right era, sure. Yeah. Okay. I just super fun. Gene's Southern voice is better than Keanu's, I'm going to say. It's so good. And I'm Southern. I also have to say, we do this fun thing on Patreon where our secret menu patrons ask us all these questions. One of them that we haven't gotten to answer yet is, what is your favorite clothing that the kids wear besides the everyday outfit? Jeans, shorts with this white shirt, blazer, and tie. Adorable. I also want to say, speaking of Patreon, I know y'all. I see y'all. If you are very, very late on your holiday shopping, grab a Patreon membership for your Bob's loving friends and family. It'll instantaneously end up in your mailbox. You don't have to worry about shipping or anything. It truly makes the best present for your friends. That's my little ad. We're very close to Christmas. Yeah, we've had people gift the Patreon memberships before, and it's so like it makes us so happy to see people receiving them and loving that that's a gift that they want to get. And it's a gift that keeps on giving, which I always love experiential gifts the most. So anyway, should we jump into the end credits? credits? I think we absolutely should. The last moment before the end credits is Mr. Frond and the three Belcher children kind of addressing each other. It looks like Mr. Franz in prison almost. And he's, totally... he's in like the teacher parking lot behind the chain link fence and they're talking through a chain link fence. Thank you again. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Well, it's how I feel. So there you go. Sorry I didn't believe you in the first place. What? Nothing! Hey! Hey! You'll get it! Hey! You'll get it! Hey! You'll get it! Sorry, I had to cut, a, cut off the, the yogurt screams. It's a hilarious last moment between Louise and Mr. Frond. Sums up their relationship perfectly. They can't stand each other, but there is always a little teeny bit of mutual respect for what the other one is, you know, good at. Mm -hmm. But then we jump right into the end credits. We get this music by the broadcasting company. Mm -mm. No, the band. The Blasting Company. The Blasting Company. I was going to get it eventually after I was going to go through the whole list of B words. I'm so sorry. I have to rewind just a little bit. Please forgive me. I just had a thought. I think Louise probably really triggers Mr. Frond because don't you think it was kind of kids, like cool kids like Louise that bullied him when he was a kid? Possibly. He was definitely probably picked on a lot. So I had this. Although we know Louise is picked on for her bunny ear. So yeah, but she can hold her own. Uh, I'm not sure Mr. Fawn could. So we get into the end credit sequence. We hear this music by the blasting company and they've added lyrics singing Gert yogurt. And uh, what's going on on the screen? What do we see? So classic end credit sequences bob's in the middle of scratching his butt the girls are prepping and they're doing this line dance not like country western more like the horror yeah their arms are around each other's shoulders and it's pretty much everyone from the episode but we start with the borat impersonator who else do we see yeah I want to say that this is probably the most generic kitchen sequence as far as the family goes that we've Mm -hmm. had in a very, very long time. Like the family is doing everything they've done 
in the generic kitchen sequence, kind of since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Bob, Louise, and Tina are prepping burgers. Linda's going to pop in and get the burger. Gene's going to make an appearance at the end in his burger costume, just walking across the screen. So that nothing, none of that's changed. We just have the music and these people dancing to their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're just going to call out who we see yeah. as they move by. Love it. And that's really what we're dealing with here in these end credits. I also, because we are going to see Mort's mom... Her only thing she needed was shrimp for Bob to cater the birthday party. And they don't call it out, but there is shrimp in that scene at her birthday party. Good. Yeah. As there should be. Okay, so we get Mort followed by... so we, Okay, so we, it was Borat impersonator Herbie, uh, Teddy, Mort, Mort's mom, Mort's mom's friends... Yep. Hey, get it. Hey, Lots of them. Followed by, followed by Jimmy Pesto. He's still there. Mm-hmm. He's still... He got invited to this party. The judge won't touch him, though. Yeah, there's like a big gap, and the judge <laughs> won't touch Jimmy Pesto for some reason. Maybe his sleeve is still wet. Speaking of the judge, voiced by Gary, Gary Anthony Williams... Judge Conklin will see again in Have a Mailey Linda Christmas. So Aww. keep him in mind. We'll bring him up I did in many love seasons him. from now. Season 10. It's rare that a new character can just enter an episode and not pull, just pull away from the show, but add so much. And that's exactly what this judge did. He was fantastic. Yeah, I thought he was great. And he is followed by Mr. Frond. But I do think you're right about the wet sleeve. That's very... Very yeah, I funny. don't know if that was the sleeve, but it maybe that's what the they sleeve. mean. It was his other sleeve. If yeah. It was. It was his right arm, but maybe that's. Well, I don't know. I don't I understand don't what the gap is there. Otherwise, hey, <laughs> look at his hips. Hey, hey, yeah, get it. Mr. Fron is followed by Mr. Ambrose, who's really getting his hips. Miss Jacobson. I believe, yes. is Jean's teacher. Yes. Mr. Bronca. Because he was on the stand. And then Miss Selbo. Yep. Who was also on the stand. Yep. And that's it. Those are the end credits. Let's get into scoring them. Yeah. I don't think we need highlights or little. It's so like simple. I don't want to like go through. I'll just say quickly my highlights. I hadn't looked that closely, so I hadn't seen the gap between them. I like that it could be about the sleeve, and I like... Seeing that Mr. Ambrose has got a sassy. Yeah, and I will want I do want to point out that they don't just go in a straight line. They almost like obey the physics of the restaurant. You start seeing them they come. Snake. Yeah, they kinda of like do a snake behind the other people as they're coming by. So that's why there's a gap, because <laughs> we're really analyzing this. There's a gap because when they come back, Jimmy Pesto is leading the way when they're coming oh, back through the window. That's why there's a gap. Yeah, so they can do that kind of turn their bodies and face the inside. Got it. Let's go into scoring them. Like you said, we score on a scale of one to ten H's at the end of Tina's uh. I'm ready. Score it. Four point five. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give it a four. Four H's. I was like, oh, should I give them a seven? And then I realized I was doing that thing where I'm protective of Bob's Burgers, so I never want to give them a low score. But I probably prefer this without the end credits. Yeah, I I feel like in the past I've said I loved when it's the standard Mm -hmm. kitchen sequence and stuff from the episode is happening around them. 
but this is a little too like it's just tossing all the characters in a line kind of in a, on a train which is fine like it's it's fun and i'm not that big a fan of the yogurt I song dislike the music i don't like the word gert yeah so there's a bunch of problems yeah here so there you go those are the end credits to a few gert men Skylar rolled her eyes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on social media. I want to say that we're not on Twitter. Our account's on Twitter, but I'm not posting on Twitter. I don't like what's happening over there. So you can follow us on there, but we're not posting anything. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram, Bob's Credits. Maybe we'll end up on a different platform at some point. Uh, YouTube, Bob's Credits. But until Twitter gets its stuff together or gets a new owner or has some alternative and alternatives we're not going to be posting on there. What else? Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Just stay my wifey. Oh yes. (laughs) My favorite sign off of all time. Your eyes just lit up. I'm so happy right now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.